Coming back to McBride and the ride, I kind of want to learn the, the history of uh, how you guys got together and, and kind of what started you guys on, on your path. Well, I was living down in Texas where I'm, where I'm from. I was living in Austin, Texas and playing. And I was making trips to Nashville trying to get people to hear my songs. You know, I was really frustrating and humbling and <laughs> disappointing, all of that, you know, making trips. Not a lot getting uh, happening. And so I, I was on the road with this guy, Delbert McClinton, playing bass. I left because I really wanted to focus on writing. I met a couple in Austin that were songwriters. They were getting songs recorded by uh, a band called the Fabulous Thunderbirds, and also Stevie Ray Vaughan was recording some of their songs. And they, uh, the guy's name is Bill Carter, and his wife is Ruth Ellsworth. They were a husband-wife songwriting team. And uh, I went on the road with Bill. We actually toured with Stevie Ray Vaughan all over the country. It was just amazing. And when we got back from that tour, we started writing country songs together, and they were professional writers, so it elevated my writing. And Then we, we made a trip to Nashville, and through that trip, we met Tony Brown at MCA Records and several other executives. Tony really flipped. He liked what he heard. He, he made a trip to Austin, visited with me, and signed me to the label. And then he decided, uh, he knew I was sort of a band guy. I'd been in a lot of bands, and they really needed a band for the label, MCA. Uh, he kind of talked me into that and said, man, you know, we'll use your songs. We'll but the you know you'll be the lead singer, uh, nothing will change other than you'll have a band you know. And so he introduced me to Ray, who was playing with Lyle Lovett. Tony Brown had just produced Lyle's first record, and uh, he knew Billy Thomas, who was playing with Emmylou Harris at the time. But Billy was singing on those first Vince Gill albums that Tony Brown was producing. So Tony Brown was the mastermind behind the band. I'd never met Billy or Ray. He just sort of brought us together along with the guy Steve Fischel, who co-produced the record with Tony Brown. And that's really how the band got started. Then we hit it off. We liked each other. And then musically, it just sort of clicked. And then the harmony thing was like a bonus. We didn't even know that was going to happen. Billy's a high tenor harmony guy. Bill Ray has that warm baritone voice. So the combination, it really had that sort of family harmony thing. And uh, that became what we were known for. We thought we were going to be known for all these, you know, being amazing musicians and all this stuff. But people didn't really care about that. It was the harmony that everybody really sort of <laughs> gravitated towards and we were we were glad that we had that that became the focus moving forward and i'm always fascinated with talking about bands ever since i watched that eagles documentary um <laughs> the relationships between bandmates and the infighting and everything else <laughs> yeah there was because you know the band was called mcbride and the ride a lot of people would want to talk to me and not to billy array and that was always uncomfortable for me let alone just you know put a little bit of a strain on the band itself i was primarily the only songwriter so I was writing the songs. There was a lot going on with me. And those guys were getting sort of pushed out of the picture a little bit. I didn't like it, but uh, I tried my best to keep us all equal, you know. But it was a lot. It was just a lot. And uh, um, eventually there came a point where it just was too much for those guys. And like I said, fortunately, we were, you know, strong enough to, and we, we uh, appreciate each other enough where we just didn't let that ruin everything for us personally you know we continue to sort of stay in touch now when we get together it's just like we were 30 years ago <laughs> we uh, have the same jokes and the same thing same sense of humor we had a ball on the road i mean we laughed ourselves silly there's just nothing more fun than coming up in the business and then getting to share that with some people you like and, and then as a band i mean ray you know he just played on a lot of its last this new album he just recorded he's on all the records he's a phenomenal musician Billy has been on countless records going all the way back to Rick Nelson and the 
early days in Mac Davis he played with and uh, Emmy Lou Harris and the Hot Band. I mean, you know, fabulous, world-class type of musicians. So when you put those guys together as a band, it's pretty powerful. You know, it's the kind of guys you want in your band, you know, guys that are that experienced, that versatile, and, and, and that professional when you hit the stage. Well, McBride the Ride is an awesome name. It's catchy. It's memorable. <laughs> So n- not to open up old wounds, but I am curious <laughs> as to, you know, who decided, let's go ahead and call it McBride and the Ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, originally the, the band was called Wild Horses. Huh. Uh, yeah, that was the band. We Our manager at the time had, had managed and worked with the Rolling Stones, and he loved that song, Wild Horses from the Rolling Stones. We thought, that's so cool. We loved it, too. And then uh, there was a band in Ohio that actually had trademarked that name. We couldn't have it unless we wanted to buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we hit a little bump in the road. Then the label got together. They started talking. They said, you know, bands have an identity crisis. We've got to focus on somebody in the band just so they know who the singer is. They came up with the idea. They wanted to call it Terry McBride and something, you know? I really wanted it to be a band and not leave those guys out, so I shortened it to McBride and something. And at the time... I liked uh, Huey Lewis and the News, uh, Bruce Hornsby and the Range. Right, yeah. And so that's where we got the idea. So we just started thinking about McBride, and the ride happened to rhyme, you know. So we called the label. We said, ma'am, how about McBride and the ride? And they went, man, that sounds too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is it memorable, but it rhymes, and that could be really cool. So we did a little trademark search. Of course, nobody had that name, but... Uh, and we licensed it, of course, and uh, that that's how it really came out. We had a lot of other weird names and stuff. I can't even remember all of them now, but there were some <laughs> bad names in there, you know. But uh, that one seemed to fit. Everybody seemed to like it. And when we started visiting radio, they loved it. They're like, man, that's so cool, that name. It's easy to remember. And uh, then Martina McBride came along and got everybody really confused. Yeah. I'm not sure what was going on. <laughs> I know. I know. I was wondering if you guys were related, if you were married, what was going on? <laughs> everyone everyone thought we were married because she came out just a couple years after us. But, yeah, no no relation. Of course, I know Martina and her, her husband very well. And over the years, we've had a couple laughs about that because there's a country western tour you can take in Nashville. They go by and show you, show you the stars' homes. And Martina was telling me her sister actually took one with her girlfriend. And the tour guide went by Martina's house and said that was the house she lived in before her nasty divorce with Terry McBride. <laughs> <laughs> a little sensationalism there in Nashville. Oh, my goodness. I guess anything to sell a ticket, I guess. And, and her sister just happened to be on the tour, you know. Oh, man, that's great. Pretty crazy. So like I said, Terry, I, I love talking to bands. I, I've talked to Blackhawk. I've talked to Exile. Oh. Uh, I've oh, done. those guys are great, man. I just did a cruise with those guys, Exile. There's oh, really? and JP. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. Love those guys. The whole band, every one of those guys. I, I talked to Marlon, Marlon Hargis from, from Exile. Oh. oh, he's the nicest guy. Absolutely. He was. He was great. And I just, I, my first band interview I did was, uh, Marty Rabin from Shenandoah, too. So. Oh, Marty's fantastic, man. I, I did a few dates with him a couple years ago. Of course, we toured the 90s together, but he still sings. I did a little thing at the radio seminar, had a little suite, and I had Marty come up and had him sing a Ghost in This House, if Ooh. you've ever heard him do that version. Yeah. Oh, he just kills that song. I love that song.
song so much, and uh, he's still a fantastic singer. He really is. So that kind of leads me to my question of, like, what what country bands or, or bands, doesn't have, even have to be country bands, what bands uh, were you uh, a big fan of from that time? Well, you know, I grew up in high school. I, I was uh, in high school in the 70s, late 70s. So, of course, the Eagles had started to uh, take off, and that was pretty uh, – Amazing! They were really kind of just a country band in the beginning, especially the early albums. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, steel guitar and and those harmonies were fantastic. Uh, there was a band called Poco that I liked, and um, then from there, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. I mean, all these harmony things always sort of appealed to me. I had no idea, although I was in a cool band in high school, so I was very much in tune with the band vibe. But uh, so many of those then came the 80s and the 90s you know restless heart one of the first tours we did is mcbride and the ride we went on the road with uh, the judd back in the day and it was us restless heart also highway 101 did a lot of those days mm -hmm. but uh love those guys in restless heart that harmony those guys had it down they were so good and we would split off and just did a bunch of dates of our own us and restless heart but like you said exile love those guys and when i heard them live then and still now, they're so good. Their harmony thing is just spot on. And Les Taylor and JP, Sonny, they're all fab fabulous singers and musicians. And um, of course, Shenandoah, like you mentioned, I love those guys. Uh, there were a lot of those. The 90s, it spawned a whole lot of uh, bands and trios and that sort of thing sort of started happening where it hadn't prior to that. Of course, Alabama, I was on this cruise with Exile, I was saying, Randy Owen came down. We were, myself and Wynn Varble, a songwriter, it's had a lot of success. We were hosting a songwriter evening each night on this cruise. And we'd have, oh, Wade Hayes would come by, J.P., Sonny one night, uh, John Jarvis, fantastic songwriter. And Randy Owen came down and joined us for two nights. And, gosh, you talk about a thrill to have someone like that just sit in and sing Feel So Right or Mountain Music mm -hmm. or whatever all of a sudden i was in alabama you know it was oh it was it was pretty amazing it really was those songs are so huge to me growing up alabama you know once they hit the scene they were the biggest thing going and pretty pretty cool great songs as well